As I said before in the story that I shared for all souls, there are a few different ways to interpret that particular story from what we call the New Testament. One of them could be as a story that's about forgiveness. If it were a story about forgiveness, I think I would take it in this direction. Now, in the way that it was written originally, it talks about a paralyzed person, but I tend to think of it as a person who is immobilized through uh, the machinations of their own mind. Let me ask you this. Have you ever had the experience of being feeling somewhat constricted in your body because of something you were carrying within yourself, some sense of hurt or fear or shame that was within you that kept you from being able to function? <laughs> I think that's what this story is a little bit more about rather than some particularly physical impairment, which is why I think it's such a powerful, very powerful story. And in the midst of that, when the man was brought before Jesus, Jesus said, basically said, your sins are forgiven, or you're forgiven. And how many of us have ever hungered to be forgiven by someone for something that we've done that, was a that, that offended them in some way, or was against even what we believe and know to be true about ourselves? And I think the story speaks very powerfully to the power of all of us. For those of us who believe that Jesus was as human as he was divine, as each one of us is as human as we are divine, the power that each of us has to bestow forgiveness and offer freedom to other people from that which binds them and keeps them from being able to go on with their lives. But this is not a sermon about forgiveness. Maybe I'll come back and do that one another time. This sermon is actually about the power of community, the daringness to try new things, through a commitment to making a difference and creating transformation in the world. Within this Southern Region staff, and I'll give you a little uh, insight into the work that we do as congregational life consultants, Susan and I and our colleagues, we come into congregations like this often. We try to get there before things get to a crisis point with um, development and training for leaders and assistance with financial planning and that sort of thing. But every now and then, we get there a little bit after the fact. We don't get that call that there's some assistance needed until there's a crisis that's presented itself. And so we step into those situations and we, try, and we, and we offer advice and counseling and, and try to provide resources that are going to make a difference in those situations. We're part of the larger congregational life staff for our Unitarian Universalist Association. And within that staff, we have our uh, Director of Congregational Life, Scott, Reverend Scott Taylor, um, who offered to us what we call the three eyes, the three eyes of Congregational Life staff. Anybody want to know what the three eyes are? Okay, here we go. <laughs> uh, the first eye is interconnection. The second is innovation. And the third is impact. Inter interconnection, innovation, and impact. And those are the measures by which we use to judge the work that we used to judge the work that we do or the things that we set out to do. Interconnection is our commitment that we're in relationship with one another. And we, as Unitarian Universalists, are not a creedal faith, but we are a covenantal faith, which means that we hold 
relationship to be our utmost concern, our relationship with one another, our relationship with all that is. So that's what we value. And anything that we can do to bring about more interconnection between people, between congregations, between congregations and our larger association, we're all about that. The second I is innovation, which is about being willing to try new things in order to make a difference. Being willing to step outside of our comfort zone, not do things the way they've always been done, just because that's the way we've always done it, but being willing to step a little bit further to take that next step and ask the question, what does this present moment call for that might be different from what we've known uh, up to this point? And lastly, we talk about impact and our commit. So we're not doing this uh, interconnection and, this, uh, and these, these new things, this innovation for no reason, but it, it's with the intention of helping bring about the transformation of our world and our society. And we know that there are many generations of those who have gone before us who have dared to make those changes such that we can have the quality of life that we have today and the experience of community and relatedness that we have today as well. So I offered this story this morning in the spirit of talking about interconnection, innovation, and impact. Interconnection, as represented by the four men who took the man up the side of the house and through the roof. Now, imagine what it might have been like for one person to be able to, for one person to attempt to do that. That would be very difficult. Can you imagine having like a person on your back who can't move and you're trying to carry them up a flight of stairs and open up the roof? No, that would be very difficult. So somehow they got four, there were four friends who gathered around this man. We don't know if they knew him for a long time or a short time, but they had a commitment to making a difference in his life. And it's that way in our larger association. That's why we believe so much in helping congregations organize as clusters and ministers organize as clusters because we believe that we're, quote unquote, better together than we are when we're apart. That there are resources that we can gain from one another. There are things that we can learn from one another by being in those relationships. So those four friends represent interconnection and the power of relationships to make a difference and bring about change. The second I is innovation. Now, it's an unusual thing, wouldn't you say, to go through a roof to get to somebody that you're trying to see? I call that kind of an innovation. I mean, as one of the young people said, you know, you, could have, you, you can take a turn in line and stand there and wait. Uh, but we don't know how long the friends had, and one of them might have had to get to work. One of them might have been in town for only a short while. They had a sense of urgency. I find that's often lacking sometimes in our, in our liberal religious movement is a sense of urgency. So a question we might ask ourselves is how do we create that sense of urgency that leads to innovation? So they dared to try something new. I'm sure there were people who were standing in line at the door who were rather upset and probably mad. But if you've ever been running late for a flight, you almost, it, it doesn't matter so much who you cut, <laughs> who you have to jump in front of to get to your plane. You, you will do what you need to do in order to make that flight. You have a sense of urgency, so you're willing to try something new, do something a little bit differently. Um, it brings to mind the story of another All Souls congregation in Washington, D.C., which had gas rations back in the 1940s. And they had people coming from all over the metropolitan area to get to that church, but because there were gas rations, they had to start thinking differently, had to innovate a bit. 
So they started piping the sermons from the minister, A. Powell Davies, out into the suburbs. And they had a vision for what they wanted to accomplish through that. And as a result, now, out from All Souls in Washington, D.C., grew five congregations that are now in Maryland and Virginia as well, around D.C. on major access ways into the city. And out of those five, there grew three more congregations. And those are some of the strongest congregations in our denomination. And they used the modern technology of their time. They had telephones and intercoms. And that's what they used. And today, we've got congregations who are using live streaming. And I know you all have podcasts here, as John was explaining to me, to help get the message out. Religion is changing, and our times are changing, so we've got to change and keep up with the times. I remember one preacher I, I knew when I was a Pentecostal who says, uh, God doesn't change, but the times do. And so I, I, I keep that in mind sometimes. There's something infinite uh, that is consistent, but we've got to find new ways of delivering messages. So I offer that. But again, it's all with the commitment to having an impact, about getting our Unitarian Universalist message out and being willing to make a difference in the world. The impact of the work that those four friends did in their innovation was so that they could provide a context for this man to be forgiven, to be able to walk again because they had that faith and that confidence. My prayer is that we would all have the faith and the confidence to be willing to have that impact, to be willing to make that difference. I'll tell you one more story. I got five minutes. Okay, fine, good. <laughs> Not timing me. I'm trying, I'm trying to get you all out of here, so I'll be quick about it. I just wanted to tell you like a personal story that might be helpful to some of you in thinking about interconnection, uh, innovation, and impact. I'll tell you how I got to the Oak Ridge Church in Tennessee for the first time about a month ago. Uh, I was in town because uh, I was... Uh, I was uh, there visiting with the congregation one day. I uh, had come in the night before. I was staying at a neighboring hotel. Uh, and I went on MapQuest, and I looked it up, and I saw that, oh, the, the church is only 0.7 miles from uh, where I was staying. And I thought that was, oh, that's great. And uh, so I'd say, it's a, it's a beautiful morning. I'll just walk to church. That's a good idea. Get out and walk to church. Well... Um, I got to the intersection where the church was supposed to be, and I looked around, and I, I didn't readily see a church. I was a bit confused. And then I saw a marquee that said that the church had moved to, like, another location. I had forgotten that the church had actually built a new building, and MapQuest hadn't yet updated their information. Um, so there wasn't time for me to go uh, back to the hotel and get the car and drive, and I went on my phone and I looked up where the new church was, 2.2 miles away. Uh, it would take me 52 minutes to get there. I'd get there in time for the benediction. <laughs> that wasn't going to work either. So it's like, well, what, 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 what do I do? Um, and uh, all of a sudden, I had found, my hand was in the air. I was trying to flag down people, trying to get to church. I ended up hitchhiking to church. And a, and a man stopped in a little red truck. He was just coming back from the gym. Uh, he pick, he, within 30 seconds, he picked me up. He took me around. He took me to the church, and I arrived at the church. But that just, to me, spoke of interconnection, because we're all connected anyway, right, underneath the surface of something that holds us all together. And 
we have to be willing to try new things. It's like, I don't think pe most people, did you hitchhike to church this morning? <laughs> no, it's kind of unusual, right? But willing to, be, willing to step out of our comfort zone, out of a commitment to making an impact. And I promised the folks that I would be there that morning, and I said, I've got to be there, and so I made it there. A little bit late, but I still made it there nonetheless. I encourage you to be willing to experience and share the power of relationship, to be willing to innovate, to dare to try new things as a congregation and as individuals out of your commitment to having an impact and making a difference and helping to transform our world. So it is. Let's join now in singing. From you I receive to you I give. Is it 402? 402? Yes. We're going to sing it through three times. Um, should I just, yeah, sure. From you I receive, to you I give, together we share, and from this we live. Would you like to rise? We'll sing it two more times. From you I receive, to you I give, together we share, and from this we live. Last time. From you I receive, to you I give, together we share, and from this we live. Our closing words are from my colleague, Wayne Arneson. Take courage, friends. The way is often hard, the path is never clear, and the stakes are very high. Take courage, for deep down there is another truth. You are not alone. Go in peace, assured that love surrounds you everywhere you may go.